In an update on yesterday's workplace raids by ICE in Mississippi, nearly half of those arrested in the raid have been released. A spokesman for the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement says nearly half of those arrested during the largest immigration raid in a decade have been released. In an email Thursday, Brian Cox said that more than 300 of the 680 people arrested Wednesday have been released from custody. He says about 30 were released at the plant and another 270 were released from the military hangar where they had been brought after the raids to be processed. He did not say why they were let go except to say that those released at the plant had been let go due to humanitarian factors such as small children with no other parent or those who are taking care of another ill family member. He said they were placed into proceedings before the federal administration courts and will have their day in court at a later time. Officials had said Wednesday that they would release detainees who met certain conditions, such as pregnant women or those who had not yet faced immigration proceedings. More to come on this story as updates happen. In an AP Newswire update on a story previously reported, the man who attacked a 13-year-old for not removing his hat during the national anthem is convinced that Trump ordered it, his lawyer says. A Montana man charged with assaulting a 13-year-old boy who refused to remove his hat during the national anthem believed that he was doing what President Trump wanted him to do, his attorney said. Attorney Lance Jasper told told the Missoulian News he will seek mental health evaluation for Kurt Brockway, a U.S. Army veteran, who became caught up in the heightened animosity and rhetoric gripping the nation, and convinced himself that he was following the president's orders. His commander-in-chief is telling people that if they kneel, they should be fired, or if they burn a flag, they should be punished, Jasper said. He also added that Brockway certainly didn't understand it was a crime. Brockway suffered a traumatic brain injury in a vehicle crash in 2000 that has affected his decision-making, and Jasper said he had plans to raise that in his client's defense. Jasper's comments Wednesday came as prosecutors formally charged Brockway with assault on a minor, a felony that carries a maximum five-year prison sentence and a $50,000 fine upon conviction. A person who answered the phone at Jasper's office Thursday said the attorney was unavailable for additional comment. Brockway, 39, told a sheriff's deputy that he had asked the boy to remove his hat out of respect for the national anthem before the start of the country rodeo, Mineral County attorney Ellen Donahue wrote in a document describing the attack. The boy cursed at Brockway in response, and the man grabbed him by the throat, lifted him into the air, and slammed the boy down to the ground, Donahue wrote. Prosecutors said the boy was airlifted to a hospital for possible concussion and skull fracture. His condition was not immediately known. Conduct during the playing of the national anthem has been an issue in recent years, with some NFL players kneeling to protest police brutality. 
Trump once called for NFL owners to fire players who had who kneel or engage in other acts of protest during the anthem. Trump never necessarily says go hurt somebody, but the message is absolutely clear, Jasper said. I am certain of the fact that Brockway was doing what he believed he was told to do, essentially by the president. Everyone should learn to dial it down a little bit from the president to Mineral County. Brockway, who was charged with felony assault on a minor, is a registered violent offender after being convicted of a 2010 charge of assault with a weapon. More to come on this story as those details develop. From the AP Newswire, mayors urge the Senate to return to Washington for a gun bill vote. More than 200 mayors, including two anguished by mass shootings in Texas and Ohio, are urging the Senate to return to the Capitol to act on gun safety legislation amid criticism that Congress is failing to respond to back-to-back shootings that has left 31 people dead. In a letter Thursday, To Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer, the mayors wrote, Our nation can no longer wait for our federal government to take actions necessary to prevent people who should not have access to firearms from being able to purchase them. The mayors urged the Senate to vote on two House-passed bills expanding background checks for gun sales that passed the chamber earlier this year. It was signed by El Paso, Texas Mayor D. Margot, Dayton, Ohio Mayor Nan Whaley, and others where mass shootings have occurred, including Orlando and Parkland, Florida, Pittsburgh, and Annapolis, Maryland. There is no worse thing that can happen to a city, Whaley said, of the weekend shooting that killed nine people in Dayton. We cannot allow this tragic event to fade from our memories without taking action. Politics has stood in the way of action for far too long, and I can tell you politics seems very petty when it is your friends and neighbors who are injured or dead. The push comes as McConnell, the Republican leader, resists pressure to recall senators from the congressional recess despite wrenching calls to do something in the aftermath of these shootings. Instead, McConnell is taking a more measured approach as GOP senators talk frequently among themselves and with the White House in the face of mounting criticism that Congress is failing to act. President Donald Trump is privately calling up senators while publicly pushing for an expansion of background checks for firearms purchases, but but McConnell knows those ideas have little Republican support. In fact, the White House threatened to veto a House-passed background checks bill earlier this year. Yet, as the nation reels from the frequency of shootings and their grave toll, McConnell's unwilling to, to confront the gun lobby or move more swiftly is coming under scrutiny. I can only do what I can do, the president told reporters Wednesday as he departed Washington for visits to El Paso and Dayton to comfort victims and families and to praise first responders. Ohio Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown made a personal plea to Trump during his visit to call on Senator McConnell to bring the Senate back into session this week to tell the Senate 
He wants the background checks bill that has already passed the House. Politics of gun violence are difficult for Republicans, including McConnell, who would risk losing financial support as he seeks re-election in Kentucky if he backed restricting access to firearms and ammunition. Other Republicans, including those in Colorado, Maine, and other swing states, also would face difficult votes despite the clamor for some changes to gun laws. In Congress, we're trying to come up with some answers, Texas GOP Senator John Cornyn said. In Kentucky, where McConnell is recuperating from a shoulder fracture sustained in a weekend fall, activists have been demonstrating at his home and protesting at his downtown Louisville office. In the meantime, Trump continues to say there's great appetite for background checks legislation. But that is not the case, at least not for now. Instead, Republicans are trying to build support for more modest measures, including the so-called red flag bills from Lindsey Graham from South Carolina and Marco Rubio from Florida. That would allow friends and family members to petition authorities to keep guns away from people deemed a threat to themselves or others. But those efforts are also running into trouble from conservatives who worry about due process and infringing on gun owners' rights. GOP senators are also considering changes to the existing federal background check system modeled on the so-called Fix NICS law signed last year that improved the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, as well as strengthening penalties for hate crimes. While many of those proposals have bipartisan support, Democrats are unlikely to agree to them without consideration of the more substantial background checks bill. We Democrats are not going to settle for half-baked measures so the Republicans can feel better and try to push the issue of gun violence off to the side, Schumer said on Wednesday. Senator Joe Manchin, a West Virginia Democrat who, along with Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, is pushing a bill to expand background checks, said Trump's support will be determining factor in whether it gets done. At this point in time, the leadership comes from President Trump, Manchin said. We should also note that almost all of the Republican senators get money from the NRA to support their campaigns for re-election, and that is where a lot of this problem lies. More updates as we get them. Thank you. In a bit of happier news, the White Sox and the Yankees are set to play at Field of Dreams Field in 2020. Major League Baseball is going to build it and the White Sox and the Yankees are coming to Iowa. The Chicago White Sox will play the New York Yankees next summer at the site in eastern Iowa where the movie Field of Dreams was filmed, the MLB announced on Thursday. The game is set for August 13th in Dyersville, which is about 200 miles west of Chicago. A temporary 8,000-seat stadium will be built on the site to accommodate the first major league game played in Iowa. 
As a sport that is proud of its history linking generations, Major League Baseball is excited to bring a regular season game to the site of Field of Dreams, Commissioner Ron Manfred said. We look forward to celebrating the movie's enduring message of how baseball brings people together at this special cornfield in Iowa. A video tweeted by the MLB shows Yankee star Aaron Judge asking Ray Kinsella, Kevin Costner's character in the 1989 movie, if he was in heaven. Costner replies with one of the movie's iconic lines, No, this is Iowa and Judge nods before trotting back into the corn beyond the outfield. A pathway is being built through the cornfield that will take fans to the stadium. It will overlook the site where Costner's character carved a ballpark out of the field after a mysterious voice told him, if you build it, he will come. The right field wall will be broken up by windows to show the cornstalks beyond the wall, and the ballpark's design will honor Old Kaminsky Park, home of the White Sox from 1910 to 1990. Field of Dreams is an iconic generational baseball story built upon a deep love of the game that transcends even the most impossible of circumstances. The filmmakers tell a beautiful story that resonates to this day, White Sox chairman Jerry Riesendorf said. The one-off game in Iowa is a part of the sport's recent trend of hosting games outside the traditional ballparks and cities, such as the Little League Classic in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and a matchup between Detroit and Kansas City in Omaha in June, ahead of the College World Series. The Yankees also took part in a two-game series in London against the rival Red Sox earlier this season. The White Sox will be the home team for this game, which will be played on a Thursday and aired nationally on Fox Sports. The clubs will then have Friday off before resuming their regular games in Chicago. What a great idea.